I don't know about you, but I love Macklemore, but I'm kind of over this. How you feel about how you about how do you feel about thrift shop? <laughs> Sounds like you're listening to it, and I'm not because you have headphones on. Huh? Well, damn it! If you had brought your headphones, True. you'd True. be in on this action. Yeah, but you know I'm playing it. You've heard thrift shop. I have. Yeah. So here's the thing, like, you know the the problem with uh, Macklemore is that he should have uh, released 10,000 Hours as a single instead of Thrift Shop. That's just, I, you know, I'm not a record executive. I'm just saying 10,000 Hours is a badass song. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. Yeah. Because No, he, no, what? I haven't. What? No, I was For saying real? that to sound cool, but I don't. Oh, see, you know, you almost you almost uh, sold me on it. But 10,000 Hours is a song that he wrote that, you know, relates to uh, the 10,000 Hours sort of axiom, which is sort of a, a modern number that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, made famous. It wasn't invented by, but it was made famous by the writer Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. And he was citing a uh, research which suggests that it takes 10,000 hours to become proficient at something. Mac, um, Malcolm Gladwell, he was talking uh, specifically about like the world's most elite violinists versus people that are, you know, really good concert violinists versus the people mm. that are sort of average violinists. No, he talked a lot. And he talked about the Beatles. He talked about. Right. Yeah. So 10,000 hours is sort of that magic number, and that was going to be sort of our jump-off point today because uh, we also both recently read an article by uh, Brain Picking, so I'm going to give a shout-out to Brain Pickings. Is it .com.org? Yeah, what's the name, Margo? Or... So there's this great website called Brain Pickings. They've got really just fantastic content there, and uh, so there's an article about uh, how there's a sort of fallacy in that number. How is that lady so ridiculously smart? She reads I, – I mean, how much does she read? The lady from Brain Pickings. It's amazing how much content she comes up with. Yeah, about 10,000 hours. <laughs> Boom. Just did it. Boom. 10,000 hours. So she uh, posted an article, and I, I, I don't have it up on my computer. I don't remember who wrote it, but it, uh, it definitely suggested that the, the fallacy in believing in the 10,000 hours is in the fact that, like, you could practice anything for 1,000, 2,000, 10,000 hours, but if you're practicing incorrectly – then you're not going to become proficient, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a coach. 10,000 hours of practicing it wrong, you know, like bad habits, and it's really hard to break them. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, getting back to something important like Macklemore, you know, he was in, in the song, which you really need to – do you even have that album? No. Who gets albums? What? Do you even buy albums anymore? Well, you, you no, not necessarily have a physically an album or an LP, if that's what you're asking me. But have like, you, downloaded you downloaded an it. entire yeah album of songs? You don't? You just buy the song? I'm just trying to think when when I last did that. I don't know if I've ever done if I've done that in since like. 79. See, look, I'm just going to I'm just going <laughs> to chastise you right now because really like this is a part of the problem, Jeff, is that people they don't want the, the whole thing. They just want the little bit. And that's why fucking Facebook is just overrun with uh memes of 500 pixel by 500 pixel cute pictures with an inspiring quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson or Joe Blow and nobody actually wants to read a book anymore. Yeah. God I, dang it. I get inspired by memes. 
Right. Often. Single, <laughs> uh, single serving spirituality. Yeah. That's what uh, the narrator would call it from Fight Club. I think the Buddha would approve. You think so? Oh, yeah. No, no, Defend no. that position. I can't. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a heavy dose of sarcasm. That wasn't even by text sarcasm. That was like right, right here sarcasm, face okay, to face. Okay, so look, look. Um, you need to go out and download in its entirety. Macklemore? Macklemore. It's called The Heist. It's a great album. Man, I should be getting some kickback for this because I'm plugging the shit out of this thing. But on one of the songs is called 10,000 Hours, and he's referring to the 10,000 hours that Malcolm Gladwell wrote about mm-hmm. um, in his book. And the 10,000, well, what does he say? He said, 10,000 hours feels like 10,000 hands, 10,000 hands to carry me. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's deep. It is deep. Mm. Now, it also brings to mind something that uh, when we came up with this, you, it, when we both read this book, The Talent Code. Big fan. Big fan of the talent code because the why don't you go ahead and, and sort of you know give me your synopsis of the talent code. Oh Jesus. Um come on, man. There I mean it's proper it's like repetition is the mother of skill, but in the case it has to be repetition that pushes you and that you make mistakes but you survive the mistakes. Right. So like that causes the nerve myelination. I'm coming off, up with this off the top of my head. If I'm not using the scientific terms right, then, you know, correct me. But it has to do with uh, – No, you're right. It's okay. absolutely about myelin. Okay. It's all about myelin. Myelin. I, I'm, I'm lying if it's not about myelin. You get that? Is that, that, how I did that? that was good. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah. myelin, so. Uh, uh, for those that don't know, is sort of like a neural insulator. And mm-hmm. the more you practice something, and not just practice something, but on the very edge of your ability, well, where, this... you, where you have to go slow and you have to correct mistakes, correct. it improves the myelin around a neural circuit that makes people proficient at something. And that yeah. is why Michael Jordan got good at basketball. And, you know, uh, there was also a meme on Facebook recently about, like, here's Oprah Winfrey. And she's like the biggest TV icon in the world. And once upon a time, people said she was not right for TV. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was kicked off the basketball team. It gave all of these examples. Right? I think that was a meme that I posted. Was it you? <laughs> well, that's why I saw it because you're one of the few that I pay attention to because most of it's shit. <laughs> but I think it's also like Nietzsche would say like what doesn't, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right. And I think that has a lot to do with the myelination. It's like if you can make the mistakes, survive the mistakes – then skill gets created. Um, the dilemma on that is what you said before, which is if you practice it wrong, that myelinates too. So then you develop really bad habits. I, in your yoga, or sorry, in teaching yoga, you must see that all the time as people Thank who you. do something. Great uh, segue. Appreciate <laughs> it. Because, but, yeah, no, no, no. What, what have I been really talking about lately is the fact that, like, the most common injury in yoga, and are you – Excuse me, are you kidding me? Like, how in the fuck are people getting injured in yoga? Right? But the most common it's injury insidious. in yoga it is, because is shoulders. It's, true. Or, or any of the parts that are moving incorrectly over and over. Because the thing right. was, I mean, if I think about it, is if I'm a serious yogi and I practice daily, then that means I'm going into whatever position it is over and over, every day of the, of the week, every day of the year, and then pretty soon that... Uh, 
that repetition, I think, would create a lot of imbalances within the body. Not just imbalances, but eventually injury. Right. Yeah. Now, there's, uh, you know, people, I don't know where they get these numbers, but the, the latest one that I know of is uh, suggests that like 20 million people practice yoga in the United States. And I, I think it's probably more than that. And the greatest majority of the people that practice yoga generally don't practice in a studio. They're home practitioners. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. And so most people, uh, if they're practicing yoga, hopefully they've had some training. They've had some instruction versus the tape that they pop into the VCR. Mm. God help them if they're still popping a tape in a VCR. But because, <laughs> because not only is that old technology, but, you know, I'm sorry, but that's old technology. Like there's better, more instructive video, right? Okay. So – the, the only problem with that, and the, the one thing that I caution anybody about when they're, when they're practicing yoga or they come in the studio for the first time and they say, like, well, I practice at home, is, like, the TV can't watch you, mm. right? So uh, I, I think that yoga, just like anything else, it, it really – you're going to get good at it, proficient at it, and it's going to give you the benefits in relationship to how proficient you are at it in direct proportion to, you know, how much – proper training that you receive. So, you know, Michael Jordan had a basketball coach. Everybody mm -hmm. who's good or, or uh, an expert or skilled uh, at anything has a coach, a fighter, uh, a yoga student, well, we're a talking basketball player. Anybody. I mean, we're talking about activity there, but I mean, so yoga, I think, plays very second fiddle to, say, jogging over and over and over and you see like the ill effects that that can have if done incorrectly on the knees and on the by the hips things like that right but then even take it a step a, like something that's even seemingly much more innocuous would be um posture over and over you know what i mean mm -hmm. like those are the things that just you don't really think about but the the debilitating effects of those things over and over and over again on the body or whatever it is then uh you know problems occur Bad, bad habits. Yeah. So while we're talking about it, like sit up straight. What are you doing? Look at yourself. Well, look at the way this microphone is. It's very angled, so I'm angled. No, don't touch that. Do you see that thing they have? It's like where that. you put it on your – there's that thing that you can put on your uh, – it's a magnet that you put onto your collar and it beeps when your posture is incorrect and then it gives you readouts all the time because it shows – I think it's called Luma Hill or something like that. I'd have no to look kidding. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it attaches to your smartphone, and it gives you all these readouts on posture. I digress. No, it's cool. I mean, wearable technology is the is the new thing, right? So uh, you, we've got these these bands that we can wear around our wrists, and they they tell us everything from like how well we're sleeping to how many you know calories we're burning, which is that's kind of bullshit because something that you wrap around your wrist can't you know tell you like how many calories you burn. It doesn't know. You know, it, it, it's yeah, it's basically it doesn't know what you're eating and it doesn't know, you know, your body specific. It just knows the generals that you put into the computer. Like I'm 40 years old and I weigh 170 pounds, blah, blah, blah. I think, though, the but, dilemma that we see from our but talk. My, today, my point was, is that we're relying too much. You on, interrupted me. Uh, I did. And that was that was bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but that we're depending too much on technology and uh, we're sort of talking a lot about the opposite of what you and I tend to talk about. And it's sort of a favorite talk topic of you and I it's, it's hacking mm -hmm. and that's taking the shortest possible uh, 
a route towards a goal, right? It's not just mm -hmm. hacking into a computer and stealing information. Hacking is any shortcut that you use. But we're talking about not taking the shortcut today. And I think that that wearable technology kind of is. It's just like not being responsible enough with it. Maybe a little too simple. I don't know. Well, the thing that you were alluding to before, though, is like proper instruction. I see this all the time. I, so I started guitar in high school or junior high school. But I didn't go to an instructor. I would just play with my friends. I would learn songs. I would learn riffs. And when I finally, years later, did go to an instructor, the, the habits were so bad and so ingrained. It, it would have taken it. I I didn't put enough practice into like rethinking and and redoing those habits, right. creating better habits with it. But I couldn't believe how ingrained I was on. I I formed scales incorrectly. My finger placement was wrong. So learning without proper instruction really hurt me. So like you know that whole thing slow makes fast. Right. You know, and I look at it at, at in any sport. All of a sudden you have these guys in let's just say jujitsu, and they get. There's some academies you get into there the first day and you are going at it. You're in what they call randori, which is like sparring. And that's fun. So drilling and learning all the key concepts and doing all the repetition over and over again isn't as much fun. And then at from white to blue belt, the guys who are doing randori every day, they get good really, really quick. But then – from the next phase, you'll all of a sudden start seeing the people who took their time at the beginning to learn correctly just, you know, excel. Right. So. Yeah. In fact, um, that's one of the reasons why I created that class that I teach every other Sunday uh, that you came to um, since we started it here in 2014. And it's uh, Way 2.0 because it's really just focusing on using principles to build yourself into some of the more challenging and intricate postures. And you really have to stop and focus, and you have to be at the edge of your ability. And mm. I think that you would definitely, at least from last Sunday, I de you definitely felt like that struggled. Was sort of, yeah, for yeah. sure, in a great way though, because in a great way. what happened? I mean, I never uh, that was as advanced as I've, as I've ever gotten in the different poses. But it took two hours of lot of slow moving to sort of progress to that point. Right. You know, and it's so that's the hard part is doing that that skill work it's you know skill is a boxer what's he has he has a jab a cross a hook an uppercut you know he's got he's got like four different five different techniques that he can use mm -hmm. and then go take that boxer look at bernard hopkins 47 48 years old every day since he was a boy those same punches those same combos over and over over <laughs> now see that's like macklemore to you i don't know who the fuck you're talking about but i'm just gonna bernard take hopkins for, for sure no for real dude really wow okay you've been around for a while you don't you don't own the heist so don't judge me <laughs> <laughs> but are you aware that he exists no i've never heard his name I've, I've never heard his name this is the first time i've heard his name and i want to apologize okay floyd mayweather yeah okay heard same thing same five same five punches right over and over Kind of a boring existence, you know, if you think about it for a boxer. Well, you know, th that really, too, you know, speaks to the fact that, like, for a lot of people, yoga can be very boring unless you're just, just flying around and doing things as fast as possible. And it's more about uh, the movement than it is about stillness. And mm. how, many, how many fucking poses can you do in 60 minutes? Right. And I, I'm, not, I'm never interested in playing that game. Even though we definitely have some some every level of class here at War Academy Yoga and then challenges, 
Um, but there, there has to be the intention to create structure and to understand um, the correct mechanics of movement. Because it, it just, again, getting back to what we were speaking about 10 minutes ago, I'm baffled by the fact that people get injured in yoga, you know? And if you're not exhibiting correct form, if you don't take the time to learn it, then mm. eventually you're just setting yourself up for, you know, problems. Well, I've done, I've done a lot of like seminars with, in jujitsu. And you go to the seminar and you learn the coolest moves. And the seminar ends and I go back ab about my business. And a week later, I can't even remember one thing I learned. I, 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 I get an idea of what we learned. Oh, yeah, we did this. We did that. Really, when you go to class at something, it say it's jujitsu. You have your warm ups. There shouldn't be more than like two concepts that you're working on, and that really shouldn't just take place for that day, but for the entire week. It's again, it's like that skills of mother repetition. It's over and over. So every time that happens, and I start thinking, okay, how many times have I already done this? And then I realize it's not even close to how many times I need to do it. Right. If I want to incorporate it into my game, if I want to, you know, really gain that understanding of it, then it's going to take. It's going to take a lot of repetition. So how many years have you been studying jiu-jitsu? I mean, I've done jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is not like some of the other martial arts, you know, where you go, oh, I went two or three times a week. Jiu-jitsu is one of those things that becomes a lifestyle, kind of surfing or if you're a ski bum. You do it every day, and it's just – it's been a, that part of my life for 15 – almost 15, 15 years of summer. 15 years. And so, I am, if anything, at the beginnings of, you know, where, I mean, I, I, I now I'm like looking into taking private lessons. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and for one, you're a pretty humble guy. Um, and, and two, yeah, we're all beginners. I've been teaching yoga for 10 years and I'm still, you know, I'm a baby. Like there's still so much, there's so much to learn. Like it's very humbling. Going to a class, what's important about going to a class with a qualified instructor, whatever it is that you're going to do, if it's an activity, if it's business training, the problem is, is that most of us get comfortable in whatever positions they are. I see this. When I do yoga on my own, I will never, ever do um, eagle pose, you know, because I'm not good at it. And so then I go through my practice and I go to the moves that I tend to be strongest at and I can see... I don't know, for whatever reasons, I don't really work at that. But when I go to your class, I'm uncomfortable probably for, you know, the entire hour. And in case of Sunday at Warrior 2.0 for the entire two hours. Yes. And the slowness of it, my God, it's frustrating. When you go really, really slow and you're just shaking and you're like, what is going on here? I, I bench pressed. Way to, way to sell week. it, Sus. Way to sell it. It's you amazing. Just, you just got people really excited about taking away two <laughs> it's, it's I'm telling you, it's probably one of the more important classes of yoga that I've taken as because I really want to improve at it. Mm -hmm. And when I do uh, – if I go to a, a really music-oriented vinyasa class, it's it's fun. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going in all these different positions. I work up a, a big sweat, but it's – it's not the same as when you're getting put into a very uncomfortable situation and you're going extremely slow. So, and that's the same thing I do when I teach jujitsu. It's, it's really fun to teach the fancy stuff, but it's really the fundamentals that, right. that, you know, that's the foundation of everything. That foundational training I would say is, is super important. I think that that's why uh, a lot of people really um, 
gravitate towards Warrior Academy, I think that's what keeps a lot of people away is we're always emphasizing fundamentals. And people want the, the workout sometimes more than they well, want the fundamentals. A, that's the thing, though, is that if you're doing the fundamentals, you're getting a fucking workout. You know, there's nothing harder than, you know, exhibiting good form and to create good form through movement to understand and be aware of what your elbows and your shoulders and your mm -hmm. hips are doing as you move them right. requires a, requires way more work. But I know? think that understanding of the myelination of like of of knowing that it has to be insulated correctly, mm -hmm. that's a, in many ways a hard pill to swallow because – you know, let's let's just say you're you've been doing yoga for a long time, and then to go back, like to feel as if like you're being put back to being like your black belt at yoga, and now you're being put in the white belt situation where. And I've seen that, and, and that, that's I'm frustrating sure, for I'm a lot sure of people. That that's not that's not something that's really exclusive to me, but like when I'm focusing on some of the different mechanics that we employ here at Warrior Academy, which are really different than a, other, a lot of other yoga studios, I can frustrate sometimes new students because of like doing an extra chaturanga and learning how to push away from the floor and understanding where the elbows need to be in relationship to the wrists and where the elbows need to be in relationship to the shoulder, things like that, yeah. that I think are really important in preventing those shoulder injuries and in preventing that winging that often occurs when people do chaturanga. That's where people get injured if they do a really shitty chaturanga. Well, I could tell you something for from an egotistical sense is, okay, so now I am – Somebody's done ballet since I was a kid. I'm uber flexible and I can do positions better than the instructor. But at least I'm not talking about alignment, but I can reach both of my hands back, grab my toe, pull it up over my head. And now I'm being told, well, your alignment's wrong. Right. That's a tough pill to swallow. And it's like, uh, let's see you do this. Exactly. You know? And so I've watched that before and it's uh, – that I, I think that's one of the things that takes place, especially a lot of people have like a, a God-given flexibility. And that's, so they think yoga is about flexibility. That's partly flexibility, and it also has to do with uh, – Kevin Costner did this movie years ago called Fandango. And uh, I always remember one of his quotes. He said, here's to the privileges of youth. Mm. Oh, like when those little, those little girls came to class a couple of weeks ago, one was seven and one was nine. They were in one of the classes and they came with their mom and they they didn't struggle even a little bit. I was dying. And right. I watched these little girls and they were just like looking around the room. Oh, like, they were just playing. Yeah. They were just screwing around. And, yeah. <laughs> and to me, it was a super serious undertaking. I Perfect was like, I can example. break at any point. Yeah, that's the privileges of youth. Mm -hmm. And for the, for the woman, whether she's 25 or whatever, she's practiced ballet, sure, she can do that. But also, there's a lot of like... 40, 50-year-old ballerinas and their bodies are wrecked. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, the other side of it, though, you can see a lot of 40 and 50-year-old Ashtanga students whose bodies are wrecked. The shoulders mm -hmm. specifically are wrecked because of the wear and tear. And that's like, I think you were telling me about it. It's like yoga can be insidious in that way because the repetitive movements in the wrong, in the wrong fashion causes can cause a lot of damage that you're not aware about until all of a sudden – you know, that 10,000 law can st or 10,000 hour law that whatever it is, the repetition 10,000 times can really mess you up because mm -hmm. you do something where something's not tracking 10,000 times. And yeah. Good so luck. it's a question of like, if you're, if you do do something, whatever the case may be for 10,000 hours and, and 2000 of it is wrong, 
I think that that negates probably a good amount of that 8,000 hours of whatever you're doing right. You know? mm-hmm. So you can basically toss the number out the window because what, what, what is important is that when you practice is that you are practicing correctly and that you're practicing to the very edge of your ability. And that's where a lot of people like they get everybody wants to be good at something. And it would be mm-hmm. for a lot of people, the mindset is like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. And so I'm going to stay here because I've spent some time. I got good at this and I don't want to continue to grow and be uncomfortable and look like a fool. Mm-hmm. You know, I can say like the one thing there's, there's one sport overall. I, I don't even play it, but it seems to me that there's a few sports where it's the same thing over and over the baseball swing, the golf swing. I mean, there, there isn't to, to the, to the untrained eye, there isn't much to it. It like in baseball or in golf, it's the same swing. Right. And you'll and see Tiger Woods of- over and over. And it's like finding that perfect swing, that Zen swing where it just, it's effortless and it's so elusive. And I, I can't even imagine how many people who are on the pro tour for golf have done that swing yet. It, it, just comes and it goes. Right. Yeah, you're right. We should have had Jason Hirsch on this uh, mm-hmm. show. He's a, oh, pitching. Yeah, he is. A, he pitched for the Rockies. He pitched for the New York Yankees, and he practices yoga here. And, and he could probably talk a blue streak. About, oh yeah. About uh, practicing think about him with and, pitching. How many pitches does he have? He's probably got five pitches. Over and over and over the baseball swing. Ted Williams with that baseball swing. I mean, it, it's one swing, but it's it's the perfection of that swing is just. Uh, you know, it's a lifetime. What do you imagine that you're putting that kind of time in besides jujitsu? I've been doing putting a lot in of your ten thousand hours. I, I would say I'm doing it with yoga. I'm trying. Uh-huh. I'm. I'm really, really focused. Just as far as I think for my quality of life, as far as as I age, I think it's super important. As I watch, you know, just watching ailments in in older people as far as using their body. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a very important, I, I think that's the maintenance so that I can keep doing jujitsu. Right. It's the maintenance so I can keep skiing the way that I ski. Um, I mean, then there's also mental skills. I mean, I, there's a lot of ingrained poor habits that are so difficult to escape from. So I'd say that I'm, I, I'm work well, I'm working hard, but I don't. I don't know. Sometimes, if I think it's almost like the yogi who goes to do vinyasa all the time, or or something like that, and doesn't really get schooled, but just goes through the the class and works mm-hmm. up a good sweat. Mentally, I think sometimes that's what happens with me. You know, I think it's really important to in that realm. You see a lot of people. What are they? The the um, you know, there's uh. I'm not saying ashrams or things like that, but there's schools, places where you learn to get right thinking. Right. Um, what is that? The Sangha? Those are called in Zen? Those that schools? I don't know. Oh. I'm not going to talk out of my butt. But I, I would I say I would say ingrained thoughts, which I would love to recode. Yeah. You know? And Neg- those... Negative thought patterns. Um, you had mentioned, uh, and we both also read this book, The Power of Intention, by the awesome Dr. Wayne Dyer, which we just picked up. We picked up, yeah. And that's a, it's a, man, how. The, you know, the, the Dalai Lama had a great a speech that I was listening to, and he was just saying how 
well, not his speech, but this was somebody else commenting about the Dalai Lama. So he wakes up at, I think, 4.30 every day. And his practice, his not only meditation, but his practice of happiness, he – so it's not – it's a discipline. And so he goes from 5.30 or let's say 5 a.m. till 10 a.m., five hours just in the morning. And then it's like how often does the normal person sit there and train, you know, that, that, that happiness muscle, mm-hmm. you know, being happy. For most of us, I, I would say, I mean, I would like to think that maybe I do it more than the average person, but it's on my mind more because of a lot of the stuff that we work on. Right. And maybe because I'm also doing yoga. But I would say most people, if they put in five minutes a week, I mean, but his practice of going through gratitude, going through appreciation, going through uh, thoughts on people who are suffering, on it's a, it's a very, very disciplined pra- practice. And there's a great book called The Power of Will. And it talks about how people think of, of uh, free will as kind of this free-spirited thing. You know, oh, I'll do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And it, is, it just isn't that. I agree. It's, it's discipline and will. Happiness is, is absolute discipline because it's when your mind goes the wrong way, how do you get the, the course righted on it? Um, and so that's like if you were asking me back to the question that you were asking is just like what else do you put your time into? Um, it would be on – I think on being happy. But I would say personally, I, better I, – I need to seek better – fundamental coaching i feel like i'm what you said about the yoga person practicing at home mm-hmm. i feel like that's me when it comes to you know figuring it out and i've mentioned this before and uh you know don't get all big-headed about it or anything but like you've re- you have been really dedicated uh at practicing yoga and it's just your change just in a lo- the last month has been tremendous because you've really been applying yourself and uh mm-hmm. so i want to speak to what you are so I'm at 50 hours yeah, you're at 50 hours, and what is that, 9,950. I'm, I'm there. Yeah, and so I've been really dedicated in it's the breathing techniques that you've mm. been teaching and teaching here at Warrior Academy, and I've really been uh, endeavoring um, to practice gratitude multiple times a day, mm-hmm. and so we always do that at the beginning of the yoga class, and I'm taking just a minute for that, and minutes add up to hours, and but... And, and then the other thing is meditation is like, uh, I've always really been a big believer in meditation, but to be honest with you, like it's hard, it's, it's hard because like it, it does, it requires a tremendous amount of discipline because mm-hmm. like you wait, wait, you want me to sit there and do nothing. And in actuality, it's everything. And yeah, I'm with you. So I feel like for the first time, honest to God, like the, the last several months, that I've been really trying to, to grow and expand in some in some ways that are hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really dedicated myself to meditation, and like, I definitely, I, I hope somebody would recognize in me a little bit more peace and calm and mm-hmm. clarity in the same way that I look at you and see like a phenomenal yoga practice. So it's again, I mean, it's exciting to me because I'm in that place where I'm not um, plateauing. 
it, it's just I'm on such a steady ascent. So that's really, really fun. And that's what's inspiring me to get there every day because I'm seeing such huge gains. And I understand that that happens first, you know? Right. And you will. You're If it hasn't happened uh, yet or soon, it will happen. You're going to plateau. plateau. Mm-hmm. And then that's when most people just back down and say like, oh, well, that's... Get tired just, of it. I'm burnt out. That's I'm as sore. good as it gets. Yeah. You know? you know what's the interesting thing though is on this 10,000 hour law. So you look at it as, okay... Um, 10,000 hours and I become a great basketball player, 10,000 hours, I become a great boxer, golfer, these activities, or, um, a poet, a writer, a, um, musician, all those things. But I, I was reading a thing about Jordan Burroughs. He was the, uh, Olympic wrestler who got the gold medal. What was that two summers ago? Yeah. 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 And he went, he, so he won the gold medal. I mean, the highest, that's the pinnacle of the sport of, uh, of wrestling. And he went to a depression. You know what I mean? You go look at um, Michael Jordan, how he is now. He's a very – he seems to me like a very um, conflicted soul, a troubled soul in many ways uh, where he is now. It's like because you can't get back to that place. It's like the madness of excellence. You look at poets like Keats. You go look at um, at artists and, and it's great that you're able to, to become this master of whatever that activity is that the – you know, with your uh, – the artistry that you're looking for. Right. But the problem is, is it also can create a lot of trouble. and Especially in uh, different areas of life in which your performance is sort of based upon. Like David your, Foster Wallace. We your, love that guy. Your age, you know, because yeah. your, your brain, it can, you know, you can get prolific at a lot of things with your brain. And that's going to carry off until whenever, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright, he, he, he uh, designed the Guggenheim when he was like 90 something years old, mm-hmm. you know, sharp mind. But you talk about somebody like Michael Jordan, who's who was a master at basketball and a master uh, athlete, and then those skills, unfortunately, you know, they the, degrade. The, the, the grave is calling to us all. Like we we slowly get older, and he just can't compete with the twenty one year old guy that's just stepping onto the court and the same a pro for the first time. Now yeah. that's normal. So yeah. So what do those people do, and what did what do we do if that's us? Because over time, what I would think that what I'm better at than uh, the, the skill that I possess the most and I've put in the 10,000 hours and probably the only thing I can think I put 10,000 hours into is yoga. Well, the yeah. cool thing about that though, or, or not the cool thing, sorry, here's the awareness part of this is, okay, so you become really great at yoga. That doesn't make you a happier person. It's exactly. like you get defined. The mask becomes I'm a yogi. You know, the mask, I've seen it. I, there's a lot of black belts. There's a lot of MMA champions who are deeply troubled souls. Um, you know, like Floyd Mayweather, he doesn't strike me as the happiest of people. Take away his boxing and his money and things like that. And I wonder, like, what kind of a mental state he would be into or, you know, would would live within. So I think it's the the artistry that we're looking for with that 10,000 hours of mastery. It has to lead somewhere else. It has to be towards... A greater goal, which is not just mastery of the activity, but self mastery. Mm-hmm. And I look at what the Dalai Lama does, or I look at what um, um, Thich Nhat Hanh does, or things like that, where the mastery, it just has to be that practice has to turn into a spiritual practice. And I look at it with jujitsu, because what do I have to look forward to? I'm 44. So I have, I, I mean, if I just am focused on my body's movements, then I have nothing to look forward to except physical decay. So the other side of it, though, is if I train my brain, if it becomes just a, a gateway towards, you know, working towards that self-mastery, 
I think I can get a lot stronger. You know what I mean? I can develop myself to a place that's, um, that's so far from just the, from the mastery of, of using my body because my body's degrading. Right. And, and I've said or this, and I don't think that yeah. I'm original in saying this, but your body becomes a, a tool. It becomes a, a thing that you use to focus on mm-hmm. when you're practicing yoga, when you're practicing jujitsu, Michael Phelps, when you're swing, swimming, whatever the case may be. It becomes something that you can focus on. Because no, it you, can you, you, become it something. It can be. But that's what, ideally, what you're really looking looking for is just personal excellence in your person, not in the rewards, accolades, and the trophies, and, and, mm-hmm. and the titles, and the belts, and all that shit. You know, what I joked about today when I taught was there is, you know what's never happened in a yoga studio ever? Mm-mm. You you bust a pose that impossible pose that you've never done before, and, and it finally applaud. clicks. <laughs> and the room doesn't applaud, and the fucking confetti doesn't stream down from the ceiling, Mm-mm. and they don't come out with a great big check for ten thousand dollars, you know, and you hand it to you by a beautiful model. That shit never happens. You're just like, oh, got that. That's kind of the end of it. it- that's but, a really good point. You know, so if if that's the end goal, it's really empty. You know, what do you do after you've won? How many how many uh, rings does Michael Jordan have? Like, what do you do after that? Yeah, you because I mean, that's where the like the trouble comes in. They say with athletes, it's a really big deal because you can't ever get back to where you were. You know what I mean? But then you look at someone like Phil Jackson, and if you look at, I think he would look at a 25 year old version of himself and, and laugh and think what a chump uh-huh. he became so strong mentally. And he became John Wooden. I mean, just like, like he, that giving back that whole, that's being that, that spiritual awakening, that being really aware. I think that the activity, the artistry that we're talking about can lead you, can, can, potentially, can potentially lead you into the good light or can lead you into a really dark direction, which is, when it leaves you, the skill is you're left with a hollowness because that's what defined you. Right. And I look at like the Dalai Lama, if he's a hero of mine or something like that, I, I just look at the effort, the right effort, the myelinated effort that he puts into his discipline, his practice of happiness, his training. And so you're asking me about, like, again, going back to your other point, I feel that I have not been properly coached I get a lot of opinions. I form my own opinions and I'm the person who's watching the VHS tape of, of yoga. And I have, I'm not being guided in the correct direction with that. So yeah. And so we have to put in the time and, Mm -hmm. you know, 10,000 hours, like I said, at the start of the podcast, that's the, that's the modern day axiom, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of research to support it. So 10,000 hours, that's the time. But you also have to put in, the uh, from the talent code, the desire to myelinate the uh, neural circuits and thicken them by playing constantly at the edge of your ability. And that is constantly being willing to be uncomfortable. And then so, you also have yeah. to have the coach that is going to drive and inspire that out of you. Right. And so, like, I mean, there was one of my teachers, William Filter. Bill Filter and him and Pema Chodron came up under the same 
um, the same llama. But I mean, they were taught really, really well. You know, they're contemporaries of each other. And it's, it's, I look at that's what something that he gained that put him, steered him in a very right direction. So from this talk today, the inspiration that I have is if I want to put in my 10,000 hours on awareness or things like that, I have one great coach, David Sanders. Amazing. Um, but I think that I got to keep on a step, like keep on working towards that because there's a lot of technique to it. It did like, and I said, I think that I have a lot of, in terms of myelination, I have a lot of behavior or habits that are ingrained that I have to unlearn. Right. So don't procrastinate, myelinate. Yeah. That's what we're going to say. And I'll also say, save the drama for your llama. <laughs> I wonder what they would say about that. I need to, I need to put in 10,000 hours into a better joke. <laughs> I know, I, I know I somebody really, now is taking an improv class. And he's see, there be, you go. That's like I've I've said many times. Like I I teach yoga because I'm a just a fucking failed comedian, you know. And <laughs> I just I I need somebody to like stand in front of and try to make laugh. And and I think that uh, if you are going to put in that type of time and that type of work, there's got to be some levity to it. You got to have some fun with it. And it sounds like that's why you know, people gravitate so much to your jiu-jitsu class over at youtube because of fun fun yeah i mean i watch people getting ready but for people competitions don't make, people don't make that association between being uncomfortable and having fun that's the problem yeah you're right about it i mean it's it's a good trick like if you're having fun or in doing whatever you, you're going to get in better shape you're probably going to get if, you, if it's if it's so serious and it's not fun then why would why do it right like putting all that pressure on yourself. I'll see people like in your pose, like, oh, do this pose. And they get out of the pose. I'm like, Ugh. and then they go right in a child's pose. Right. And I think you said it best is like the yoga pose. And I don't know exactly what the words are. When you say it's the yoga pose doesn't matter. What we're not building or we're not trying to create great poses. We're building. Um, what is it that you say? We are. Well, it's building. obviously left a big impact on it you. Did, it you did. It did. But it's leaving me right now. No, you say <laughs> that we're building. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's an SAT word. It is? No, it's not. It's a very simple word, you'll tell me. Um, well, we're building character. You not know, building we, character is not what you say. You say it a lot. What do you mean? It what starts you mean? with a D. How do you know it what It starts with a D because I'm here all the freaking time. So it's like... Determination. Yes. SAT word. I guess I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right that. I, I, I think that no matter what it is you do from jiu-jitsu to basketball. We keep talking about Michael Jordan today, so I'm going to throw that in there. Um, and uh, yoga, it's it's about developing the determination muscle. And the ter determination muscle is how you're going to improve your breathing, your uh, quality of the thoughts that are in your head. So let's recap. Go pick up uh, The Power of Intention, fantastic book to, to get you thinking about what you're thinking about all day mm -hmm. and what it is that you want to manifest in your life. Um, the talent code, the talent code, power of will, power of will. Uh, didn't we recently talk about the, the six pillars of self-esteem? Yeah, it's a solid book. I, I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing the exercise. So many good books. It. So like, that's another area in which you can dedicate a few hours and hopefully 10,000 is to just looking for some, some good information and, um, just putting in the time mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, life is short. 
it's well i think with great focus i mean then great focus and commitment then then you can achieve a lot you know and i think it's like that that you can have like pride i know it, it might be seen as a, a deadly sin but in many ways it's sort of like a, it's also a practice of self-love in many ways when you when you thank yourself for achievement yeah, absolutely too. I, I I know somebody who once told me that the pride uh, really isn't the dirty word that we think it is because mm-hmm. pride is the word that we use to demonstrate I wanted to do this mm-hmm. and I did it. Yeah, you know, th- and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, there's got to be celebration. But yeah, but it's I was going to say that life life is short, and you know, somebody. A, a real skeptical person might jump in and say, well, then why would you spend 10,000 hours fucking doing anything? You know, yeah, life is not? short. <laughs> but life is too short to allow ourselves to to repeat negative patterns and to keep just yeah. d- generating all this drama in our heads and, and keep telling ourselves these stories. That's the, that's the illusion. That's the suffering too. It's the suffering. And we've yeah. talked about that and we are, uh, we're sort of coming to the end of our podcast, and this – hey, did you know this? This is number 10. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, that's sort of an anniversary yes, for you so and I. We have 9,990 to do before we get yeah, this down. <laughs> so this is this our anniversary of podcasting. I got you this lovely gift. What, what did you get me? Uh – I was unaware that uh, <laughs> my sh- <laughs> the shirt, <laughs> the shirt that I'm wearing. Oh, I know what I'm getting. <laughs> we're, is we're getting a video camera. Yeah, but let's not spill the beans on any of that yet. Okay, sorry. Oops. So uh, it's been super fun to talk today, and we're we're ten ten episodes into our podcast, and that means we've got uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about ten thousand podcasts to go, and then we'll probably be okay at this yeah and then we'll be syndicated yes um you know just like the seinfeld show making billions we will be the oprah winfrey of two guys sitting in a yoga studio talking about bullshit by ten thousand, i think that we could have upwards of 50 listeners we could Mm -hmm. that's what we're working towards and uh it was a fun day thanks for talking to me jeff all right scott thanks for having me have a good day bye-bye